You are listening to the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wentland, Episode 10, Political Savvy. Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. Fast forward several decades later, I've made a career of leading while teaching and coaching thousands of leaders to be at their best, most effective selves. Along this journey, I've captured so many insights, lessons, and techniques on how leaders become amazing, and also as leaders, when we get it wrong. I'll share them all right here because I founded Intentional Leaders to provide easy access to these kinds of lessons and equally important to help you build the presence, confidence, and credibility you need to be the leader that everybody wants to work for. Because I know leadership has its challenges, but learning to lead shouldn't be one of them. Art Paddy, who is a management consultant, described five unavoidable facts of organizational life, and these really resonated with me as I thought about political savvy. Number one, everywhere humans gather, a political environment emerges. Number two, in every political environment, some individuals develop more influence than others. Number three, those who have the most influence decide what gets done and who does what. Number four, influence doesn't accrue accidentally. It takes deliberate effort to cultivate the right relationships. And number five, you don't get to claim, I don't want to play those games. Because see, number four, those games are all about relationship development. So for all of us who hate the word politics, (laughs) This kind of sucks, right? Because we can't escape it. So in trying to capture the essence of political savvy, I think about it in this way. Political savvy is the ability to understand situations, people, and context to influence outcomes and achieve results while not ticking people off. Or even better, they like, respect, and trust you. And here's the good news. For those of you who don't want to be manipulative or really play any games, you don't have to. We can get better at exploring and navigating these dynamics of political savvy. And though it can sound complicated, my goal is to try to simplify it. Because so many years ago, oh my gosh, this area really tripped me up. I do remember those political blunders very vividly. I still recount one of them in particular Well, when I don't have anything more recent to beat myself up on, and oh yes, one time I insulted my boss right in front of him and in front of his boss. I remember it because I was very upset about something that he was advocating for that I completely disagreed with. There would have been a more appropriate way for me to be able to give him that feedback, but I did it casually and really disrespectfully. And at the time, I remember kind of thinking like, see, I'm going to put this out here. (laughs) I'm going to tell you what I think. 
But I did it again in a way that really uh, disrespected my boss. And that affected his and my relationship, of course, but it also created a different relationship with his boss. None of these things were good for me and my relationship building. So at the heart of being politically savvy, it is about getting good, positive results. And isn't that what you want for yourself? And isn't that what you want for your team? How do we become more politically savvy? I see this in in four key areas. So I'm calling them my my four foundations to increase political savvy. One has to do with self-awareness. We all have so many things going on, and our brain helps us by processing much of our day-to-day activities, much of our day-to-day thoughts very automatically. So that's yay, yay for our brain, but it's uh, boo for our self-awareness. It's very difficult to be savvy if you aren't mindful of how you come across to others. And that's what I missed the opportunity to consider in my earlier example. I wasn't aware enough about what my thoughts and feelings and even my anger about the situation and the goals I was being held accountable for in a way that I could clarify it and communicate my message effectively. And for many of us, our automatic thinking really does take hold. Up to about 80% of our day is automatic thinking versus the reflective thinking that we need to be self-aware. So we actually have to choose mindfulness and create a way to be fully present, which also means eliminating distractions. And in certain situations, we absolutely have to choose this. It doesn't mean that in order to be politically savvy, we have to be mindful and reflective 100% of the time, or we probably wouldn't get a lot done in our day. But absolutely, we have to be thoughtful in situations and in relationships that matter. Second, we need to be situationally aware. And that means, again, being fully present in certain situations, really being aware of our surroundings, of the dynamics and power bases, and what's really going on besides the words that are being spoken. How dialed in are you? How much do you monitor those dynamics and also respond accordingly? What do you capture in terms of people and organizational intelligence? Because any encounter we have is potentially ripe with insights and information if we pay attention to it through that lens. Those that are politically savvy consistently do things like that. For example, preparing for meetings, being thoughtful about what you want to accomplish and the strategy to get there. Also being fully aware and contributing in interactions. Are you adding value or are you just observing? And do you continuously learn information on people and in the organization so you can strengthen your relationship with others by being aware of issues that come up in the organization and what's important? This also means being reflective, stepping back to consider what happened in a situation and what affected the outcomes. Once you get dialed into situational awareness, it's sometimes really hard to turn it off. Books that I used to love to read that I don't 
take the time to do right now, apparently, as I'm thinking about it. But I used to do a lot of reading about um, military and counterintelligence and FBI and CIA and spies. And I loved all that. And they're trained to be situationally aware because it's life or death. We aren't necessarily trained to be situationally aware because it isn't life or death. But it certainly does affect our political insights and our relationships with others. The third area that we can become more politically savvy in is networking. I think this is a really tricky area because a lot of times people say, build more relationships. And I guess I think about it a little differently. I don't see networking as just meeting people for meeting people's sake. I think about it as really understanding your network and who you have in it. And how do those people help you? And how do you help those people that are in your network? See where it's strong. Be mindful of gaps that you have and tend to your network. It is kind of like a garden, right? We have to put time and energy into making those relationships work. There's actually a downloadable worksheet for you to assess your network and its strength. Thinking about the types of relationships you have and what are you learning and gaining from people in your network and where might you be missing something? Because there's also a tight connection between the strength of your network and personal and professional resilience. So putting time and energy into that is a great idea. And then the fourth foundation that I see to being politically savvy is really understanding your organizational culture and the dynamics of where you work. This is a huge area and it can quickly become overwhelming. People go to school for this, get PhDs in organizational culture, especially the larger and more complex an organization is. But we have to understand the cultural norms and practices that we need to be mindful of to achieve the positive results that we're on the hook for. I like to think about it in terms of the four P's. One is about priorities. The second is about the players. The third is about performance. And the fourth is about practices. So the first P is priorities. It's just understanding the most important targets for your organization, for you, and for your team. That means you have to be aware of goals, initiatives, and internal and external challenges so you can cascade that to your team, help them understand the bigger picture, and also when you're leading change, you have to be totally dialed into those things. But also you want to be aware of the internal and external challenges in your firm so that not only you can represent those effectively to your team, but that you can work to try to overcome them and you can try to support and resolve challenges. The second is players. And this goes beyond the discussion on our network to consider the people who really have the power to help or hinder your ability to accomplish your goals and results. That means, do you know who the decision makers are in your organization, even beyond your boss, and understanding the people who can advocate for you, influence outcomes on your behalf, or also, do you have any adversaries? Are there people that are in the organization who may not support you or your team or your service fully? I remember thinking about that way back when, when I did work in a larger organization, there were some adversaries. It wasn't necessarily about me personally, but it was about the value 
of the service we were providing internally and how much people wanted to pay for that. So we were moving in this organization to a cost model in which customers who were other employees and managers in the organization had to pay for training and learning. And not shockingly, some people didn't want to pay so much for that. I had a lot of adversaries of people that wanted training and learning, but didn't want to pay the amount that it actually cost to provide it. And I should have been more dialed into that or more understanding of it. I was kind of aware on some level, but I don't know that I took really good action to influence those relationships and to try to shift some of those perspectives. The third P is performance. And performance means exploring the way productivity and performance is viewed and acknowledged within the organization. And I see this, the more I work with different organizations, what is expected around performance can vary dramatically. Also what's measured or rewarded or accepted. Coming into an organization, you really need to know that not only to perform yourself at that level and make sure you're rewarding and measuring the things that are important, but for your team as well. And then when I talk about what is accepted in terms of performance, that really gets to accountability. Do you have organizational accountability for behaviors? Are there consequences for people that aren't performing? Are there exceptions made for people based on maybe high technical knowledge or someone who has high tenure, but not necessarily for behavioral problems? Are those held accountable? So I think understanding the whole performance is important so you can navigate in it and also lead effectively within the the framework of how performance is viewed in the organization. And then the last one is around practices. This just means what are the consistent methods or processes that are used within your organization to share information or even drive priorities and address challenges? These are areas like communication. How does that happen? Also, problem solving and decision making. Are there consistent practices with how problems are solved or decisions are made? The same with goal setting. What is the process or practice for goal setting? How smart are your organizational goals? How much are employees engaged in goal setting also? So I think for those four Ps, the priorities, players, performance, and practices, it's really good to be mindful about the four of them, but also assess what you know and what you don't know and fill in the gaps. For me, politically savvy means you're setting yourself up and your team to achieve good results. And it means putting in the time and the care to be successful in your goals and adding value to the organization. And it doesn't typically happen randomly or spontaneously. It takes a focus on action. It takes work and it takes practice. I think strengthening your savvy is kind of like strengthening your muscles because yes, sometimes there's pain and sometimes you're going to sweat and sometimes you definitely need a protein bar. But in the end, I think the practice is worth it. And I think for all of us, if we strive to become more self-aware, more situationally aware, we strengthen our network and we continuously gather insight on the organizational culture and dynamics If we do those four things, we are absolutely going to be stronger in this area. And you can know that, yes, you are politically savvy and you don't have to do anything sneaky 
snarky or manipulative to accomplish that. And I think that's the really good news for all of us. Thank you for listening to this episode. And to strengthen my network, please share with others in yours. Also join me next time where we're going to talk about saying what you mean, meaning what you say without being mean. Yep, our focus is on assertive communication. 